Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. for yet another investigation into the Washington professional football oh, franchise. I prefer oh. an independent investigation. I'll settle yeah, for yeah. a good old-fashioned internal NFL investigation. I just need to know how mm. did mm. early frontrunner for 2022 Executive of the Year Chris Ballard, right. how did yes. he convince the Washington Commanders to give up a third round pick in 2022, a third round pick in 2023, if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the plays, swap 2022 second round picks, allowing the Colts to move up higher in the second round and pay the full $28 million due Come Carson Wentz this year. Like, Woo. I mean, maybe it's too soon and maybe it's inappropriate for me to be saying this given the very real investigations that have taken place about the Washington football franchise's workplace culture. But does somebody have pictures? How did they get Carson Wentz for that? How did the Colts yeah. get Carson Wentz for yeah. that? What is the fascination with Carson Wentz? Do, do the people in Washington evaluating Carson Wentz, were they just looking at his 2017 tape and, 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 and thinking, oh, we can get that guy that used to light us up when he was in Philadelphia? As opposed to trading for somebody who's going to get lit up when he goes back to Philadelphia, this is their version of Ben Simmons. Yeah, this is their version of Ben Simmons. Carson Wentz is going to go back to Philadelphia and get lit up. No, hold on, hold on. Okay, at least Ben Simmons. At least Ben Simmons last year, last year was an All Star. Okay, last year he was. At least, uh, at least Ben Simmons. Uh, was was in the running for defensive player of the year. I mean, there were some real. I just mean, good I mean, I, I mean, in terms of he's going yeah. back to Philly and it's not going to yeah. be pretty. That's what I mean. Okay, and, well, and, and he's I'll probably going this. to struggle given the way Carson Wentz plays under pressure. Like now he's going to the DC media market. Like there's a difference between having hey. urgency about addressing the quarterback position and being thirsty. Like all of that for Carson Wentz. Jeez. This is a story. You know what this is? This is a general manager story too. Part of you just you alluded to it. It's a general manager story. Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard. I gotta tell you, man, I like your style. Now you made a mistake. You made a mistake last year, and you I did. can understand why he made it. I can understand why he so made they gave it. Up right? a third Carson Wentz, Carson and a Wentz, pick that ended up becoming a first last year. For the record, right. for those that forgot, 
They gave up a third and this year's first because Wentz played 75% of the plays. But this is how you turn the frown upside down. Carson Wentz had his best year with now Colts head coach Frank Reich. Mm -hmm. Reich was the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. Reich worked with Wentz. He had some of his best work with Reich. So now Reich is your head coach. Carson Wentz is having problems in Philadelphia. You say to yourself, all right, I've worked with him before. Everybody has a bad season. Everybody has a bit of a dip, a, a little bit of a lull. Let's bring him over here and then we'll get some numbers out of him. And that's what they right. did. They got numbers out of him, but when it mattered most, he just fell apart. And you know what stat blows my mind? The Carson went, there are many Carson went stats that just make you scratch your head. One of them is in the second half of the season, he had two games where he threw for over 200 yards. Two. In the second half of the year, in a passing league, he had two games in the last half of the season where he threw just 200 yards. But more than that, Chris Ballard made that trade, and then the next year, not even a full calendar year after trading for Carson Wentz, he said, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Let's get him out of here. And now that's his side of the story. On the other side, Martin Mayhew, I believe this is the second time being a general manager, right? And this is the second time yes. around? Correct. And a lot of people say the cliche is, hey, listen, and everybody asks this question. It's a good question. I'm getting tired of hearing it. Even though it's a good question, I'm tired of it. If you could tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell your younger self? Martin Mayhew would just miss that whole thing. He'd say nothing. Because man, this is why you want to just this is why you had you, you were a former general manager before you got this gig doing stupid stuff like this. What's wrong with you? Why would you make this trade in March for Carson Wentz? You've canvassed the league and what you're telling me is this is the best option. I don't believe that at all. And if this is your best option, you know what you should have done Just sit there wait in the draft and you can draft somebody. There's a kid in college right now. He's better for Oh, 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 how about this? How about this? There's a kid mm, on your roster. Who's better than Carson Wentz and his name is Taylor Heineke. Heineke yeah, I mean, look. is a better quarterback. He's better than Carson Wentz. Maybe He's better than the, Carson Wentz. Maybe it's the idea. Well, first of all, you do you remember the days when you were caping up for Carson Wentz and how he was being treated as a scapegoat in Philadelphia? Yo, yeah, fun, fun call times. Call me Chris Bat. Um, <laughs> call me, call me Mike, uh, Michael, Michael Ballard Holly. I've learned from so, my ways. I've moved on. I've traded him too. I, I've traded him this too. I, I'm good. This I, this I will say. Okay, it's like, you know, the desperation is real, and this is this is a saying as as old as we are, Michael which is there are yeah. two types of general managers, the ones that are looking for quarterbacks and the ones that have quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a level of inflation given the supply or lack of supply and demand for true franchise quarterbacks. So I get and, and not to mention every team thinks they could be the one to fix them. They think, oh, you yeah. know what? Well, and they make excuses for who they want to make excuses for. Well, you know, in Philly, we saw him in Philadelphia. And you know what? Things went poorly, but yeah, yeah. he showed flashes of, of the guy that went second overall in the, in the draft. Okay, and then yeah. he gets to he gets to Indianapolis. It's like, oh, it was one year. You know, it, it was uh, it was it was a new environment. He didn't play that bad. He had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Right. You know what? I mean, wow. Look, like we can. What yeah. if we get him here? You know, with, with this supporting. 
so they always justify and rationalize the moves they want to make. Our so system, I, 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 I our can understand coaches. it. Yeah, I can understand it as far as well, maybe the third time's a charm. Didn't work out in these two other spots, but maybe he ends up being somebody that we can, you know, get it, get a reclamation pro, uh, uh, project. But usually reclamation projects come for cheap. I just want to repeat two third round picks. Maybe a second if he plays 70% of the plays. Shouldn't you have learned from Indianapolis's mistake when it comes to putting playing time thresholds on this guy? He plays 75% and they didn't make the playoffs and they got they lost their first round pick. And they move up in the second round and they pay yeah, the yeah. entire salary. Yeah. It should have been the reverse, given that everybody knew that Carson Wentz was no longer going to be the Colts quarterback. It should have been one of those Cleveland Browns, Brock Osweiler trades where the Colts are giving Carson Wentz plus in exchange yeah, for the commanders just, paying his salary. Just, yeah, yeah, just, just, just get him. We'll, we'll give you something. Just, we just want him out of our building. And we're incentivize so, you to take him. That's yeah, how it should yeah, be going. That's right. But you know what? In my way too early executive of the year rankings, just so you know, on my ballot right now, my number one, clear number one, is George Payton in Denver. That's my one because he got a Hall of Fame quarterback. And uh, his team went from a seven and ten team that you really didn't think that much about seven and ten, nice, didn't think about them to, I think, the favorite in their division. I, I think they're that they suddenly become the best team in their division with Russell Wilson because, and I'll I'll, I'll keep going, but I just want to just throw this in parenthetically. Uh, they gave up the third fewest points in football last year, fewer they points did. in the Rams, fewer points in the Niners. Fewer points than the. That's the, why the I was Chiefs excited about it. Remember else. they started three yeah. and zero. Remember they started yeah. three and zero. I was like, yeah. I believe in Denver, and they, you know, re regressed to their usual seven and ten or whatever. But I was like, yeah, seven and ten. This team's legit. No, they're defense. They're legit. But they're legit across the board. But George Payton is one. But not and the Chris Ballard is two. But we'll Chris Ballard is two. Okay, we'll come back to it. Chris Ballard is two. They, they've done a. They've done a really good job. And for Washington, see, this is why I just don't. I just don't understand why. Why was there urgency to do this? Why do this deal right now? I, I, I guess like the cause the competition. The Colts, Did they outbid somebody uh, here? And, and this, and this is a, this is the this is the wild thing about it. There's one team that hurt had urgency to do it. That would be the Colts. <laughs> they have urgency. So they're the ones that were, Hey, it's a new league year. We got to get this thing done. We want to clear our, our minds, our consciences, and our books. And usually it costs you leverage. Usually when the worst That's kept right. secret is that, a, that you're getting That's rid right. of a player, you usually don't get a windfall in return for that player. So it's like, what was the market for okay. Carson Wentz? Better yet, that binder full of quarterbacks that the commanders had, what was it, 40 quarterbacks? Where was Carson 42. Wentz on this list? 42. 40 in so two generations. Where, no, where was where was this but where I, was yeah. this Carson where was Carson Wentz on that? I mean, they offered three ones. We know uh, reportedly they offered three ones for Russell Wilson. I mean, what would I guess? Golly, dog, this just this just reeks of desperation when somebody was available in free agency that could have given you whatever Carson Wentz is going to give give you. You mentioned Taylor Heineke. I, I just cannot get over the compensation. And again, usually yeah. I'm of the mindset where you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. So I may not think that 
player X is worth this amount. But if a team really wants him, it's no different than a draft. You be aggressive. Go get the guy you want. It costs you to cost you a bunch of picks to move up to get the guy you want. That's the cost of doing business. And again, there's inflation when it comes to this position, given the scarcity. But I'm sorry, man. Two thirds. Go. Come, come, come on back to that a, free agent a list. Swap uh, a seconds. And, and, and I know it's glitching right now. That's two all right. thirds. Uh, 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 a swap of seconds and you're paying the entire salary. Like I would love to know what the negotiation was. What was the starting point? No, where did where no, did Indianapolis no. start to end up there? Right. Like if this right. was if this right. was the compromise, what did they ask for to begin with? What was what was Washington's first. initial offer that got them up to this? I mean, it's yeah. Carson Wentz. It what is the fascination with Carson freaking Wentz? Can we get that first back? Can we get that first? Like we all watched hey, yo, him last year. So uh, we all saw him against the Raiders and the Jaguars to end the season with the playoffs on the line. We saw him in Philadelphia. I, I, oh my God! Like this is okay, this is mind blowing. If, if, there are two things I've been saying for a long time about this about yeah. this team, Michael. One, when their name was racist, I used to call them the Washington yeah. can't get rights. Two, I right. question everybody's sanity that continues to support this organization on and off the field. Okay, I don't understand yeah. how somebody can sit here and be a Washington Commanders fans today fan today and feel good about him or herself. I have no idea how, how you feel you, good Gary? about stuff right now. Talking about you, Gary Carter. Gary I ain't saying no names. To whom it may concern. I, I'm saying that. I ain't saying no names. Gary Carter. It ain't, Gary there's Carter a lot of Jr. There's a, ain't alone. Hey, there's a whole fan base that continues to finance yeah. this dysfunction. But you were saying. All right. Uh, a couple things. One, you realize his QBR with the playoffs on the line, playoffs on the line in Jacksonville, um, he had a career low QBR of 4.3. It's Carson Wentz. Okay, when? Win one of your final two games against the Raiders who were outscored by 100 points on the season. Something like that. It was bad. Okay, the Raiders made the playoffs, but they were outscored by a bunch. Win against the Raiders, or if you can't manage that and you can't manage, you know, throw your, your 200 yards, that's standard. You can't cross that threshold. All right, go to Jacksonville and beat Jacksonville. And he couldn't do that. All right, that, that, that's one. Here's two. Now, Michael, uh, during Lent, I have made some some decisions. I, I've, I'm trying. I'm trying to make some self improvements. So one of the things I want to improve on is I want to uh, be more generous. Um, I, so I feel like I, I've, I've told everybody in the house we should we could all give away 30% of what we got. We'd all give away 30% of stuff. We got a lot of stuff. Let's just give away 30% starting with me. So I'm just I'm being more generous and I'm being more accountable. So I'm gonna call myself out. I have done some things I shouldn't have done. I've said some things I shouldn't have said. I haven't said it the right way. So I remember saying to you last year and I went in I went a little too hard in the paint and now I'm going to confess that I went too far. When I said to you last year, I said some teams don't want to win. You took issue with don't want to win. I didn't say it the right way. I could have said it better. I'll admit that I could have said it better. What I'm saying now is some teams are puzzling. Some teams just can't get right. Some teams 
make you wonder, is there something else going on that we don't know about? Is there some agenda? Uh, do you have some internal salary cap? Is, do you hear voices? Is there, is there like a devil on your shoulder that you just can't shake it? Is there something in your background? I don't understand why the Washington commanders continue to do things like this. It blows my mind. I don't say, I won't say they don't want to win. Michael, I'll say it appears that they don't want to win. No, they don't know how. No, they don't know how. Some teams want to win their way, and eventually it may or may not work out. See the Bengals, which is where this debate and this argument started. Yeah. Or other teams just can't get out of their own way or can't get right, which is, is, the, is the football team. But there were two teams in this transaction. Let's not overlook the second team in this transaction. Uh, because even though, again, they turned the frown upside down, this one-year Carson Wentz experiment was a failure. Uh, on the part of yeah. the Colts. So as Darius Leonard tweeted um, about an hour ago, here we go again, about to be five years with the Colts and five different quarterbacks. Thank you, Carson, for everything this year, my guy. Wish you nothing but the best. By the way, a lot of people like Carson Wentz as a person. But here's the last five. Here's the last few years. Ooh. Week one starting quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is the person. Yeah, a lot of people think he's a nice guy. I I hadn't heard that, yeah. but anyway, go ahead. But okay, okay, yeah, okay. I, I didn't, um, I didn't know that. I, so I, I'm not surprised that just, Darius Leonard can't would, believe everything. Can't believe everything you read, but I, but I've read, and, and, and it there was some like leadership the, the questions in Philadelphia office. as well. Okay. I think it was Philadelphia yeah. Magazine or something like that. But nonetheless, okay. Darius Leonard, I'm not surprised at him being classy, saying thanks for everything, my guy. Is uh, Andrew Luck, Scott Tolzien, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. That's the uh, week one starting quarterbacks for the Indianapolis Colts since 2016. Um, reportedly, and this continues to trip me out because uh, as one team's proverbial trash is several teams treasure uh, again yeah. in a quarterback market. That's not exactly franchise quarterback. They just walking the street free. Nonetheless, reportedly the Colts target uh, as a presumable stopgap at quarterback is my man Jimmy Garoppolo. My guy is Jimmy Garoppolo who everybody in San Francisco and across the country hates. All these other quarterback needed teams seem to be eyeing Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I like the fit. I think, I don't, I don't know. He, he's not that much of an upgrade, if at all, over Carson Ooh. Wentz. Whoa. Whoa, really? I'm, I'm trying to come around to y'all play. That's what y'all tell me. That's what y'all told me. Y'all told me that Jimmy Garoppolo that. was garbage and Jimmy Garoppolo was holding holding the Niners back. So I guess y'all convinced that. me that, that he's just, you know, that he was the problem in San Francisco. So I'm saying he's he's not that much of an upgrade. So take that straw. Much. He's an upgrade. Take some straw. Not. Add that's add what y'all been telling me that he's holding man. back the 49ers. So I'm saying he's Win. not that much of Receipts. an upgrade Who? over you and everybody that you brought on this show. I never said it. I anyway, never said he was garbage. He's anyway, not that much of an upgrade over Carson Wentz to where, and again, when I say that much, it's not like it's not like they're acquiring, they would be acquiring Russell Wilson. He gives them some stability, some leadership, some credibility at the position. Um, yeah. Head scratching plays notwithstanding, some credibility at yeah. the position that they lack with Carson Wentz, given where he was able to take the 49ers or perhaps more accurately where he went with the 49ers, if you prefer. Um, right, right. So yeah. Garoppolo with that roster, I like it. I still think it makes them uh, the second best team uh, in that division. Probably still not a playoff team in that conference, 
But what I really love is the, the Colts now have an opportunity having recouped those picks. So now, you know, they move up in round two. They got a couple of threes now. Uh, they didn't recoup the, the first round pick that they lost, but it gives them a little more flexibility. Maybe they address quarterback yeah. not in the first round, but in the second round, not that they're higher in the second round, maybe one of those third round picks. So Chris Ballard, hats off to you, my friend. Uh, you are yeah. one of the early winners in this offseason. That's right. Number two. Number two uh, in the executive of the year race. But who knows? Maybe you do something that puts you past Peyton. But Peyton's about, you know, 12 games ahead of you right now. It's amazing what he did. But I'll say this. A quarterback who goes to Indianapolis, everything is set up. The infrastructure is in place. They really are. Some teams are just like Denver was a quarterback away. Indianapolis is a quarterback away. It's all you need is a consistent, reliable quarterback, and you can go places. Great offensive line, great running back. Uh, so where, where would Garoppolo take Got him? a lot of things going Again, since y'all keep telling me that Garoppolo is the reason why San Francisco don't have Stop. two Super Bowls, Stop. where would Garoppolo take him? I'm, con- I'm confused. I'm, no, it's, it's I, I'm confused. It's I'm just confused. It's too early in the week. I'm just yeah, confused. One day y'all tell me he's the problem. Too early the next week day y'all tell me he's the answer. I don't know what to I don't know what to make of Jimmy Garoppolo. Which one is it? You know what? You know what, Mike? I don't believe you. You're lying. You're just lying. Nobody said that to you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know what? I'm tired of talking about these overrated, overpriced, overpaid quarterbacks. Let's talk about mm. actual good players. Um, no, I'm just kidding for the most part. Um, but no, best player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. What a picture. I don't know if you had a chance to read it today. Uh, best player and best looking player in the NFL, 
inside joke. Yeah, some say um, it. Some people say it, though. Some yeah. people say it, though. A lot of, pe- a lot of people say it, though. Uh, great article from Greg Bishop in Sports Illustrated yeah. about Aaron Donald's uh, process leading up to and post-Super Bowl as it relates to his football future, or perhaps lack thereof. Really, really fascinating. Have you had a chance to read it yet? Uh, not the whole thing, no. But I, 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 hi- I've seen I highly the- recommend it. You've seen the, I've seen the, the, money seen the, the highlights. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, it goes to show you that as much attention as we're paying, understandably so, to uh, the quarterback carousel. Uh, meanwhile, the best player in the NFL, regardless of position, remains very much in limbo. And oftentimes when they say it's not about the money, it is about the money. Money never came up in this article. And I know there have been reports about a new contract and his, it really comes down and wanted a new contract and they were discussing a new contract. All these different signs and tea leaves that suggested that he was coming back. I'm reading that article and I'm seeing a man that is sincerely, legitimately, and understandably torn about whether or not to continue playing football given how divided his family is. And by that, I mean he's got kids across the country in Pittsburgh while he's living in L.A. with his wife and, and, and newborn baby. And so this is somebody who really is ready to go home and be a family man, or it really is weighing all that it takes to be Aaron Donald against wanting to be the father that he desires to be. I mean, it's a very touching, relatable, as much as one could relate to Aaron Donald. Uh, it was right, right. very, it was, I, I, felt, I felt like I got it. And I also, if you're a Rams fan or just a fan of, of the NFL, um, you could see not one, but two all-time greats walk away on, at the top of their game. Like, this is very real. We left it, we left it in Super Bowl week, especially after the, after the parade, the running back chant. It seemed like it was a story that was for Super Bowl, and once he got back and, and got a taste of, of, of football heaven, as he called it in the article, as Von Miller told him, once he got a taste of it at the parade and the celebration, they're like, okay, he's back. It's all good. That story's gone. No, that story is very much alive and probably also don't want to bury this. Speaking of Von Miller, very much dependent on what the Rams do this offseason. When running back, are we running it back with the same crew? Are we running it back with the same team or better? So what the team looks like, maybe what his contract looks like, but on a personal level, he seems like he just has other things he wants to do, namely be there more than he already has been there. And it's been hard. Be there for his family um, as, as his kids are growing up. You and I both know you just do not get that time back. So right. as much talk as we had about Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he would retire, the other Aaron, his career is very much in doubt, at least after reading that, that Sports Illustrated article. Yeah, I think it's a challenge for a lot of people in a lot of professions and and it's it is one thing that makes professional athletes relatable when they are open about it and when they're sincere about it. You know, I think what we've had what we've seen uh, over the years that has made us I'm talking about us as sports fans, not even as media members, just as sports fans, a little cynical is when you hear some people make some type of reference to the family and then it comes back to a contract. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I, I have no, I have no reason. I haven't read the entire article, so I'm not saying that about Aaron Donald. But there's, there's a little, a uh, little bit of a hesitation to jump all into that, because we've seen time and time again professional athletes talk about different things. There are a lot of things to consider, 
and usually the story ends with a newer, uh, with a new, more lucrative contract. Will that happen with Aaron yeah. Donald? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I do know this. Can those things those be mutually concerns, ex exclusive? Can those, uh, real quick, can those two things like, if, if he ends up coming back with a contract? Yeah. Is it is, that is, that is, is commensurate with his? Is the other thing that, untrue? No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Does it, does it, exactly. Does it, does it? Does it just totally wipe out what he said about his family? No. But if I'm the Rams. And, and Aaron Donald, especially most players, if any of my players come to me with this, but if Aaron Donald, especially comes to me and says, I'm really at this point feeling some tension with my work life balance. It's a big topic uh, in corporate America. It's a big topic uh, all over the world. Work life balance. Some, yeah. some countries or do it better than we do. Not, or even yeah. just not going back into the office for crying out loud. Yeah, that's right. Um, if I'm the Rams, I'm doing everything I can to say, okay, well, uh, what how, what can we do? How can we help and still have you be a member of of the Los Angeles Rams? And you make you make some exceptions, and it's some happened before. I remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Mike. I don't know if that works for him though. And, and I, you know, I, and, and and you only know you only find out. I don't know either. And the Rams will only know if they ask, if they throw out some ideas. Oh, just, sure. For example, and okay. I'm, I'm sure they would have been over backwards, here. but it seems like it's more of what it takes for him to play at this level and the toll that not just playing the game takes on his body, but how much he gives, how much energy he devotes to being a player that he is. Here, here are two, two examples. Uh, one of them involving uh, a former, <laughs> how about this, a former LA Ram, uh, old school. And that, that would be uh, Roman Pfeiffer, one of my favorite guys. You know Roman Pfeiffer. So Pfeiffer uh, played for the Rams, and then when he came to the Patriots, he had his son still lived in Los Angeles, and he was playing in New England. And so the Patriots worked out a deal with him that he wouldn't have to be there on Monday. He could come in on, and then the player's day off is on Tuesday. So as long as he was back for meetings on Wednesday, he was good. With the coaching staff, so they and they did that for Roman Pfeiffer, who's who was a well, terrific I, uh, player and a champion, but you know not and a the lot level of players of Aaron have Donald. got that. Well, even Aaron Donald, the Rams have accommodated his travel schedule quite a bit. That was part of the article. The Rams have been understanding of his family situation and tried to accommodate him as best they could. It feels like it's just more about do I want to give everything that I've given to this game with nothing else to accomplish when I have so much that right. I want to give to my kids. Sometimes those things, right? You know, are not compatible. You, you mentioned the um, you mentioned the, the the money quotes. I don't know if you saw this quote, but not to keep bringing up old shit. But let's bring it uh, up. You you referenced the the conversation about not wanting to win. We've gotten into it quite a few times about the title of best player in NFL history, and you are like hands down, full stop. Debate your mama is Tom Brady, and I have said Tom Brady may in fact or not may. Tom Brady is in fact the greatest quarterback of all time. He is the most decorated player who happens to also play the league's most glamour position and he's the most decorated player period most accomplished player period. But Andrew Whitworth had a great quote. Now obviously Whitworth's biased. He's a teammate. No bias. Yeah, and right, I don't think right. I don't think Whitworth has watched every player throughout NFL history, but nonetheless when he says there's nobody on the planet that's ever played the game at the level Aaron Donald plays at. Now, I'm not trying to debate or discuss or 
you know, confirm or deny Andrew Whitworth's statement. I'm simply mm. pointing out that it's statements like that that have always given me pause about crowning one quarterback the greatest player in NFL history when there are players like Aaron Donald who affect the game differently but may do his mm. job at a higher level than even the greatest quarterback of all time. If you ask me, if you ask me who's the greatest player in NFL history, I'm saying Jerry Rice with no hesitation. I'm saying Jerry Rice with no hesitation. But there's an argument for Lawrence Taylor. There's an argument for Jim Brown. There's an argument for, you know, obviously for Tom Brady. You know what I mean? The list goes on and on. And when it comes to position, it just gets really hard to say, yeah. oh yeah, Tom Brady's a better football player than Aaron Donald. I don't know how you can watch Aaron Donald's career and say that somebody did his job better than Aaron Donald does his. They just don't play the same position. Well, well, I would say this. So that um, quote just brought that back. That's all. Yeah, I would say probably even as recently as say 2009, 2010, the best quarterback in, in my mind, the best quarterback was Joe Montana. Now Joe Montana was my quarterback 2009 and I kept thinking, I just can't see anybody passing Joe Montana. So 2009, 2010, at that point, Tom Brady has has a has a Hall of Fame career already. Uh, in 2010, he was sitting on just a meager three Super Bowls. Okay, three Super Bowls. They lost uh, uh, to the Giants in Super Bowl 42, so they were 18 and one. He's sitting on three Super Bowls, hadn't won one since January of 2005. And then things happen. His career progressed. He continued to stack some elite seasons. Got a couple more Super Bowls, a few more Super Bowls. And I said, all right, Tom Brady is the best. Same thing with Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald, based on where he is right now in his career, he hasn't played as long as Tom Brady. Every season he's had has been Does an elite one. I believe it's seven. Is it seven straight? Is it seven straight all, all pro seasons? That sounds first team right. All, first, that sounds team right. All, first team. First team. Sounds all right. Yep. I'll confirm it. Keep I look talking. at it this way. It, when you're talking about great players and you're talking about the, the great, the greatest of the greats, really talking about just these granular details and you start really yeah. bringing in the microscope oh, to find a difference. So great. So, so much for great. me. So for me, I always look at elite seasons. How many elite seasons did you have? I'm not. So some people look at Lawrence Taylor at his peak. Jerry Rice at his peak, Jim Brown at his peak, and at his peak, and then you compare that to other players at their peak. I look at careers. Tom Brady had about 20 elite seasons, and nobody else in, in history has done that. And 20 of them at quarterback. I, I don't care at okay, quarterback. So Aaron Donald. Yeah, okay, well, so, Aaron Donald. So, 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 so are you saying? Are, are you trying to? Are you telling Tom me Tom Brady does not get blocked by three? Tom Brady doesn't get blocked so by defensive three tackle. So, it, I'm so saying what the I job saying, description is different. Little shade. I'm, 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 little shade. I'm saying, it's not I shade. Little, I'm quite, I'm oh, quite oh, clear. Is. There's no ambiguity to what I'm saying. The job description differs. You don't play. I mentioned 40 year old Andrew Whitworth. You don't play offensive tackle at 40 years. The job description differs. You won't have 20 elite seasons in the trenches. Whereas you what can I have 20 elite seasons in a passing league where the rules are catered mm. to not only making your mm. job easier as a passer, this but protecting so you from injury in part because of what happened to you in 2008 it's, on the opening in the opening game against Kansas City. Thanks to Bernard Ooh. Pollard. 
It's not disrespectful. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is. You know factual. Why? It's logical. I'm saying for you to say Brady had 20 elite seasons and Lawrence Taylor didn't. They did different things. Right. Okay. Right. But what I hear you saying is that I, should, I, reg- I knew I was going to regret bringing this up. No, no, don't, don't regret it. Just you just answer this. You just answer this question, and you tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like to me, to my ear, my small ears, it seems like you're saying that quarterback is easier than defensive tackle. That's is not that what, what I said. That? That's not what I implied. I used the word different. I said it's different. I said oh, it's so different. I didn't say mean? it. I didn't imply it. Oh, no, I didn't okay. intimate it. I well, don't know how not, you infer well, it. That's not clear. It's enough. different. That's not precise enough. Then that's not precise enough. Okay, different. Yeah. If there's yeah, nothing else, if there's nothing mean? else. It doesn't have to be any more precise. If I'm not, if, I, if I'm nothing else, I'm precise with my words, and I and it's well, not, different. Well, so you can't compare. It's not a it's precise like, okay, word. Then. How about the? That's more no more it, than precise. What more do you need? You the one with the harder understanding here. Okay, can you compare okay. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a basketball player to Kyrie Irving? Can you compare those two things? You can yes, compare their Kareem numbers, but they did different Kareem things. They played in different eras. Well, what does better mean? Be more precise. What does better mean? Okay. Kareem was we can do this all day. More, no, I'm saying, Kareem, dude, Kareem like, was a, but you don't have Kareem to. Ex- was, but you don't even have to explain Kareem's it. The point is, they're different players, more elite and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't compare those two players. They're different. Their jobs are different. Okay, well, you okay? I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. My bad. You're right. You're right. I choose to. I would choose my. Okay, I'm gonna choose okay. my words more carefully. I choose not yeah. to compare players. Who do dramatically different things and say with absolute certainty that this guy is a better football player than that guy? Brady plays is it quarterback. It's the most important it, so, position. He touches the ball on okay. every play. They get all the credit. He's got all the numbers. It's taking nothing away okay. from Brady. It is not disrespecting right, 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 right. Brady. It is no shade okay. against Brady. None it, of those it is, things. Because you what? So why mention the rules then? Why? Why, why are you mentioning the rules? Why are you mentioning the rules of football? Like, hey, it's easy. It, it, you didn't say it, but you are you are dancing around it. If you're talking okay. about the no, rules, not, I don't, and he I plays don't dance. Quarterback. First of all, I don't have any rhythm. I don't dance. I don't know what you're talking about. I, have no, I don't dance about anything I'm saying. I'm not dancing. So you're why did you bring me. up the rules? Is you Johnny Unitas? Okay, I'll tell you why I'm bringing up the rules. I'll try. Let's try this okay. again. Is Johnny Unitas? Okay, let's take Johnny Unitas versus Tom Brady. Okay. If you were comparing John Unitas versus Tom Brady, where would you start when you talk about the differences in those two players? Where would you start? Maybe the uh, maybe what football was when Johnny Unitas played versus precisely what football is right precisely. now. Precisely. I'd start there. The game has but evolved. The game has evolved. changed. So what what, what John Unitas did in the league Johnny U. under different rules when it comes to both play and safety. You can't breathe on the quarterback. How many times have we seen Tom Brady yell at an official because somebody dared to brush up against him lightly? That's what I right. mean. So Brady's longevity has been aided in part by rules designed to protect the quarterback. Brady's prolific numbers, okay? Brady's statistics, yeah. like every other quarterback statistics, have been yeah. aided by the rules of the game. That's simple. So it's not it's not shade against Tom Brady or anybody else. I'm simply saying we have to evaluate this in its totality and in proper context. So Aaron that's right. Donald that's, can be that's the best fair. player in the league without fair. playing quarterback. 
That's all. I, that's all I was saying. You said I shaded him. You said I disrespected Tom Brady. When did I disrespect Tom Brady? Well, I mean, it's different. He plays quarterback. Uh, you know, it, it, you, his his numbers his numbers are aided. His performance is aided. Everybody, by the is. way, the everybody. Is, yes, okay. yes. Okay. Every quarterback that's played in the modern era. In a, it, are we going to stop? Okay, well, if, stop, let's stop calling the passing league. I guess is it a passing league or is it not a passing league? It is. No, can it's you a touch the? Can, can, can you touch the receivers? I, I missed the part where Mel Blunt was playing. Now, like you can't touch the receivers. You can't hit the receivers. After, like the game five yards, favors offense. Yeah, the game favors offense, and it has for a long time. That's why the numbers are out of whack. There's one other person I but want to I touch. Say this. I want to. Okay, go ahead. Now, but I'll, I would say this on Johnny. Yep, I said this about Johnny. You though. All right. So yeah, I think context context is huge uh, in, in any conversation. And if you can if you factor all that in and then make a comparison, if you say, look, Johnny, you played in the league where coaches weren't trying to put it up there 40 to 50 times. He played in the league where he's calling his own plays. He played in the league where yeah. uh, defensive defensive linemen could slap could Technology literally wasn't slap. Same. Yeah, there slap you go. somebody on the helmet and, and have them stunned or concussed. And then right. throw the quarterback oh out. Oh my God! I remember, Concussions. I, rem- <laughs> I, I, mean, I remember like guys, like quarterbacks, just being held up in the air and hit, hit high, hit slam, yeah, all kinds of you, stuff. That's all. So thank you. That's all I'm I saying. give. But I'll give. But I will give. I'll mark him up on that though. I'll mark Johnny you up on that. So where he doesn't have some of the uh, statistics that Brady has, I'll give him points because he was a trailblazer and he was doing right. things that guys in his era weren't doing so I'll first I'll compare you against other guys in your era and then I'll make the bigger conversation. So Tom right. Brady among his peers forget about Aaron Donald for a second. I'll just ask you this quickly Tom Brady yep. among his peers. Do you think in the last decade is somebody seeing eye to eye with Tom Brady? Do you think that does Aaron Rodgers play the same game as Tom Brady eye to eye? Peyton Manning, are those guys comparable in the last sure. decade? Are, yeah, sure. So is it is it close or is he above? Is he significantly above them or is it just like, ah, like I got to give he, it to the goat by a nudge or is it significant? I think it's significant. Sure. Okay, that's fair. I mean, yeah, fine with seven Super Bowls, all the numbers, the longevity. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. Yes, it's he, not head and shoulders, but head. How's that? He's head above. Okay. Uh, but you think you know, Aaron? I still think Rodgers. I think Rodgers. I still think Rodgers is the most gifted to play the position, but he certainly hasn't done what Brady has done. Okay. Aaron Donald's an all-time great. Aaron Donald's the best player in the league. Was the best player in the league before Tom Brady retired. I was just revisiting our ongoing discussion about Brady because you know you think Brady's the best player of all time. Period. I'm like, it's not that it's simple. Lent. I'll let you have another it. great player. Another great player who uh, one of the best players of his era, another 2010 all decade guy. This is a big story yesterday, and we'll talk about this more with our resident Seahawks fan in a moment. Bobby Wagner got released. Eight time all pro Bobby Wagner. I believe it's six first team all pros, two second team all pros. 32 in June, started 16 games last year, almost never misses games. 170 tackles, third in the league. Over the past three seasons, his 467 tackles rank first and are 65 more than any other player. Started 150 games in 10 
season. So we talked a lot about Russell Wilson. We'll talk more about Russell Wilson in a few moments. But Bobby Wagner immediately votes to the, near the top of the list of available free agents. And I'd love to yeah. see him in a place like Dallas reunited with Dan Quinn. I'd love to see him and Michael Parsons and Trayvon Diggs on that defense. I, that, that that's I'm rooting for him to reunite with Dan Quinn. What about you? Yeah, I think he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's gonna have his pick of. He'll have his oh, pick he of teams, but he should. But you think about five or six. I, I wonder. How about this? Here's a thought. You said yesterday. I think you were maybe thinking about offense. Or or not. You said Russell Wilson in Denver is a free agent magnet. Denver had plenty of cap space. They were able to absorb the contract of Russell Williams. I think they had 41 maybe, maybe million. They keep, maybe they keep the it trade. together. Maybe they keep it together. Yeah, I like to see him there. That's not bad. That's not I like bad to at see all. Him. That's not bad. I like at to all. see him in Denver. Let's go. Uh, uh, Legion hey. of Boom. Let's head east. Let's head east. Hey. Come to Denver. That's not bad at all. That's not that's, that's not a bad call. I just know that uh, they're in full rebuild mode and we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, we're going to talk to well, I don't even know I can call him a Seahawks fan now. That's my first question. That's going to be my Bron first big question. Broncos fan. Are you a C are you a Seahawks fan or are you now a Broncos fan or are you in the market yeah. for whichever black quarterback you decide to root for and wherever he's playing? He's we'll, like we'll find out hey, hey, in a moment. Doc Johnson. Doc Johnson is like Bobby Wagner. The free agent. A free agent. Yeah, that's right. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Where do you think this all nets out for Russell and his this is going future to and his be, legacy? Uh, uh, this is going to be kind of legacy defining because this is him out on his own. This is him with a, hey, this team went all out for you. They want you. They think you're the answer to their problems. So he goes out there and he goes to Denver and takes them to a championship and takes them 
um, places, then he will be known. It's just like with with Belichick and Brady, you know, I mean, not on, on the same scale, but it's like, hey, if Pete goes and has success without Russell, people will people will speculate. If Russell goes and has success without Pete, people will speculate. If they both have success, then great. People will still speculate. I mean, right. if nobody has success. People are going to speculate. They're going to speculate. So at the end of the day, people are going to talk. But for Russell, it will be career defining in some ways, because if he wins with this team, then it'll be his team he won with. It'll be, hey, Russell Wilson came and took this franchise to a championship. If he does not win in Denver, people will lose their jobs. It ain't never really that simple. Because if he wins in Denver, somebody going to just say, well, just like in Seattle, he needed a team around him. He had a ready-made team. They always be haters. But one thing you cannot do is you cannot hate on the run that Russell Wilson had in Seattle starting when he was a third-round pick in the 2012 draft. Um, and what he did the, 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 during, over the last decade in Seattle uh, was historic. And without further ado, we bring in... Russell Wilson fan, Seahawks fan. I don't know what you are right now, Jason Johnson. The floor is yours, but I'll start by asking, are you still a Seahawks fan? Are you now migrating to Denver or are you in the market for a new team? And you take that wherever you want to go. I am currently, if I, if I had a sword and a map, I am a sports Ronin. Okay, I am an NFL Ronin. I have no master. I have no dojo. I have no sense. I don't know where to go. I, I am I am completely incapable I of figuring I thought out where to case. go. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. And and I want to put this in context. As as it, first off, when I got a text message from Michael Smith yesterday, can't wait to have you on tomorrow. I was like, yeah. I was like, cool, because I haven't talked to you guys since the Super Bowl. I hadn't even heard the news yet. I didn't hear the news until until I pulled over and three other people texted me and they're like, Jason, how do you feel? And then my, my car swerved. So I just want to put this in context as to how I'm feeling right now. My immediate thoughts, my immediate thoughts is this is the craziest high risk, high reward decision I have seen an athlete take in, in 15 years. Mm. This is the craziest high risk, high reward thing exactly. I've seen that like Stephon Marbury left the NBA and went to China. Because if this works for Russell Wilson, and I'm not gonna play with Richard Sherman who dislikes him personally, and, and, and puts this sort of high goal. Getting to a Super Bowl is really hard. Getting to a Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow is extremely hard. I think that's really, really high end. I don't know that I think that's possible. But if Russell Wilson could get to an AFC championship in the AFC against all those young guns, that would literally catapult him potentially potentially above Aaron Rodgers in the prestige sweepstakes because he didn't leave. He didn't, he didn't take the easy route. He actually took the more difficult route. This, this was not LeBron leaving the Eastern conference to go to the Lakers. The Eastern conference was stronger when he left. The competition was stronger in the East. This is literally going to the more difficult conference where everybody who is great is seven to eight years younger than you and hoping that somehow you can make a difference. I think it's crazy. 
I don't know if it's going to work. I don't even know how success can be defined. But if Russell Wilson ends up with an MVP or maybe winning the division one year over Patrick Mahomes or maybe one day get into an AFC championship, this pushes him potentially ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who I think blew his last chance to make a Super Bowl last year. As far as the Seahawks go, and this is something that's even harder to comprehend, it is hubris. It is arrogance. It is foolishness. And I told you guys all year, they should have fired Pete Carroll and hired Brian Flores from jump. To choose 71-year-old Pete Carroll, who has had a power grab ever since Paul Allen left, is the hugest mistake possible. You talk about being a free agency destination. Look, the writing was on the wall about Seattle when Odell Beckham Jr. was like, nah, I'll pass. I'll be the third option on the Rams before I go to this moribund franchise running a 1998 offense. No one's going to want to go to Seattle anymore. DK Metcalf is going to be trying to escape the building. Bobby Wagner is saying deuces is disappearing like a gift. He's thrilled to be out of there. That place is going to be an absolute NFL crater for five years. And the only thing that people can look forward to is that Pete Carroll and John Snyder will be fired and possibly that team sold because it's currently being run by a trustee as opposed to the man who actually bought the franchise. You said it was hubris on the part of the Seahawks. You absolutely okay. Last year, we've been talking about this for a year. I told you last yeah. year. I told you last year. You put out a list publicly. It's not. It's not you if did. but when. There was no coming you back did. from that. Okay, but so. But what I'm you saying did. though is, you you and you pointed this out on Twitter. You know as well as anybody that Russell Wilson had a no trade clause. Denver was the yes. team he wanted to go to. So when it comes to the deterioration of this relationship with the the athletic had a real interesting deep dive on how this relationship deteriorated over time and the irreconcilable differences that led to divorce. What role or how much blame does Russell Wilson bear for it not working in Seattle? I mean, it feels like if he wanted Pete Carroll up out of there, maybe he should have just said it instead of saying go Hawks. Well, I think Russell Wilson probably figured out fairly early on, not just because he was concerned about his brand, but because of the power dynamics within the organization. Again, Paul, the team is being run by Jody Allen, who was a trustee, and there was never any indicator that she was actively involved in running the team before Paul Allen passed. So the de facto ruler, king, Thanos, controller of all power has the gavel person in the Seahawks organization is Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson couldn't get rid of Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll is currently the Seahawks. So I don't think this is so much a deterioration as much as it is a realization, much as I didn't believe it. And there could be a supercut of me saying, I never thought this would happen. I never thought that they would trade him. I always assumed that Russell Wilson was probably just going to try and wait it out. But you know what? He doesn't want to be what Matt Stafford was before he went to the Rams. He doesn't want to be the Kevin Garnett. He doesn't want to be Phillip Rivers. Russell Wilson thinks I've got seven more years to play this game and I don't want to waste it. Legacy franchise situation where I can't even compete for Super Bowl. And I'll be honest with you. I think of him and it may seem strange. This is very Barack Obama-esque. Okay. How's this Barack Obama-esque? Not because he necessarily has his Michelle, although he does in some sort of way. Barack Obama's like, I'm not going to wait for the party to pick me. I'm not going to wait for the Clintons and everybody else to sort of put a crowd on me and say it's time. He said, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to push. Who cares if it's not my turn? Who cares what legacy says? I'm just going to push through and make it happen. Now, whether it works, it seems crazy now, right? 
in retrospect, we're like, yeah, of course Obama was a great president. It was a crazy idea when he decided to run when he did, even the first time he ran for the Senate. That's what I think Russell Wilson is doing. He is not just betting on himself, but he is betting on a torn ACL, on Travis Kelsey. He is betting on Josh Allen suddenly forgetting to learn how to play. He's betting on a lot of things for this to end up working. But I'm, I'm not mad at him. I'm always happy to see black players show some agency one way or another. And I think there's a lot of sportscasters out there, in particular non-African-American sportscasters, who are afraid to admit that he actually had a tremendous amount of agency and leverage in this situation being one of only two quarterbacks in the entire NFL that has a no trade clock. The other being Deshaun Watson, who is not going to end up on the Seattle Seahawks. You can quote me on that, old takes exposed. I think they're only throwing out his name right now because the Seahawks know the season ticket holders are burning up their tickets. You know what, Doc? I, I think I need to push back on this notion of risk for Russell Wilson. And you, and you brought up the Barack Obama example. In retrospect, we can see that it wasn't that crazy at all for Obama. Right. Ivy League educated, uh, Ivy League educated brother with some charisma. Hey, I got some New York Times bestsellers on the list. I could turn a <laughs> phrase. So he's got some things going for him. And, and maybe I give a, I, I'm a better speech maker, a speech maker and deliverer than Hillary Clinton, my competition. The country is ready for me. Uh, I got a team on the ground that will change campaigning that's a little modern. So when we look back, it was like, of course, at the time it looked crazy. But when we look back, it wasn't yes. crazy at all. And same thing with Russell Wilson. Look, man, he goes to a team. I, we've heard you complain about Ken Norton. They fired him. Why? Defense was bad. He's going to a team right. that has a, a good defense. They got an offensive line. They got weapons. It ain't crazy. It, why wouldn't it work? It is crazy. It work? It is crazy. Why? It's crazy. Why? Because you got Patrick Mahomes. You got Patrick Mahomes. Look, if, if Barack Obama had decided that he was going to jump in, I mean, he was going against Hillary Clinton, okay? She was the big dog. She, she was the legacy person. She was the person that had already been in the White House, who was popular, who was woman of the year, that sort of thing. It is crazy to say that you want to go head-to-head -head with Patrick Mahomes, but here's the thing. What Russell Wilson potentially does here, if he can win, Okay, is he shows, hey, this old dog ain't out the pasture yet. He's not. If he can go into the AFC and start whooping up on these young guns, show them that this old cat still got some game that he can play, that will enhance well, his legacy. Because if you look at what well, Aaron Rodgers is doing, he's standing in a safe division. Well, Jason, number one, Russell Wilson just left the toughest division in the NFL. Okay, That's true. now he goes with the, and makes with the, the Super Bowl champ. Right. right. Okay. He goes and makes the West, the AFC West, instead of the NFC West, now the toughest division in the NFL. That's number one. Number two, Tom Brady went to the NFC South after leaving the cozy confines of the AFC East. I'm not saying Russell's Tom Brady, but you saw how that worked out in Tampa, and they didn't even win the division the year they won the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford, okay, goes from Detroit, obviously, to the Rams, entering the toughest division. They end up winning the Super Bowl in the first year. So Russell is restless. His biological clock is ticking as two years in a row. He has sat next to Roger Goodell and talked and, and presented the NFL man of the year award to somebody while somebody else is playing in the Super Bowl. But here's the thing. I don't think I think it's, it's not as daunting and Michael. I'm, I'm bullish on the Broncos. I liked them last year when they had Teddy Bridgewater. I'm bullish on the Broncos. 
but he ain't got to go through everybody. It's not like, you know, it's not right. like Street Fighter where you got to got to go against Josh Allen one week in the playoffs and then Joe Burrow and then Lamar Jackson like nah, you know what if this plays right he might have two or three of them maybe and it might be in Denver, which is a hard place to play. But back to Seattle though, bro. And maybe oh, let me I don't know if y'all saw this. Let me I want I want to tee it up with this. Michael, this is why I know I could be a GM. Any of us could be a GM because they got some idiot ones out here. Okay. Some GM who probably who probably either either has a quarterback or doesn't have the credibility to put his name to this told the athletic quote. I think it's a reach by Denver for a player past his prime who is a below average leader. Come on now. I mean, this is the guy wow. who not that long ago was a top five quarterback I, in the NFL. I, I, These I are the people that. making decisions in pro football. These are the people making decisions, but Maybe this is my GM wannabe hat on that I'm looking at, and I know you're looking at it from a Seahawks fan and somebody who's following the team closely, day in and day out, Jason. I think Seattle made out great, all things considered. You had a quarterback that you were at odds with, a quarterback who, again, I'll remind y'all again, had a list. Okay, were you going to pay him in two years? He's only getting older. You got two ones, two twos, and three players for him. Forget about the, the quarterback. Forget about Drew Locke. But nonetheless, you know, you got as much as you possibly could have gotten for a player who didn't want to be there, who you were at odds with, and to bring it full circle, Jason, had a no-trade clause. So regardless of what the commanders offered him, he was only going to go where he wanted to go. What else? Seattle did as well as it possibly could, short of them working it out and him staying and being a quarterback, but that wasn't going to happen. I don't care if they had two ones, two twos, five twelves, or four impossible. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was not ultimately a good trade. It was a bad trade. And What's the alternative? Tell me the alternative. The alternative was to fire your coach and to hire you someone think that kept who him? understood. You feel like uh, huh? so? It's that simple. You feel like that Russell Wilson yes. would have been just fine with that roster, that GM, and it's still in that city. Yes. Yes, if they fired yes. a coach, I you know, well, he should have said I, 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 I would have loved Turner's, to hear that from him instead Greg of you. Greg Olson did a great interview. <laughs> I, 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 I this great interview with Greg Olson, who was probably kind of speaking for Russell Wilson. He did a great interview yesterday talking about the trade, and he said, "Look, you know, the roster wasn't necessarily the problem. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are a top three, top five wide receiver combo. You know, they could straighten up what was going on with the running game." They had defensive pieces with Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. It was the it was a philosophy. It was the philosophy that was a problem. And if they had said, "Look, we're going to replace Pete Carroll. He has done his time, but his philosophy is done and dated. It's not working." I think Russell Wilson would have been happy to stay and work it out with a new offensive-minded coach, or at least a defensive-minded coach who was not playing 1992 Tech Mobile. And that's what you have with Pete Carroll. There is no reason to believe that Pete Carroll, with all of these kids and all of these pieces, knows how to play. Right. You can get somebody to the big Lego set in the world. It doesn't mean they can make the Death Star. I don't. I, I, I don't I, think listen, Pete Carroll I'm, and John. I'm not I saying Pete. I'm not saying Pete Carroll and his choices for offensive and defensive coordinators, the case may be, but mostly offensive coordinator. Which, by the way, Russell was a part of that process last year. I'm not saying that that's not a part of this, but it feels like this has been a longer time coming 
than people realize. Like they they outgrew each other. This wasn't just the Seahawks mismanaging it and giving poor Russell Wilson True. no choice but to go find a better situation. Russell Wilson had his own idiosyncrasies, his own agenda, yeah. his own objectives <laughs> where he wanted to move. And he'd been wanting to move. And it's and it wasn't just last he, year. So that's why I'm saying it was like everything ends badly, otherwise it wasn't it. They had to go their separate ways, but, and the Seahawks got quite a bit in return. But the alternative, the alternative is again, you get rid of that coach and you can stay competitive in that particular division. The alternative is being in the wilderness where you don't have a quarterback and you don't appear to be a destination that people want to go to. Russell Wilson right, right. made Seattle the kind of place that people wanted to play. Look, if Vaughn Miller decides that he wants to come back to Denver, if if if, if Wait, I think they, they got Percy Harvin when they were there. They got Quandry. They had some players that they made to be. Jamal Adams was thrilled to join the team. You had some great players come to Seattle because Jamal they saw Adams didn't want to be in New York and Jamal Adams wanted to get paid. <laughs> but, but listen, I'm sure Russell Wilson made it. Listen, Russell Wilson and the winning that they did certainly helped right. when it came to people wanting to come to Seattle, but more than and this is probably where the philosophical or the paradigm is different. I'm not here to represent the team, Jason, but I think mm. they look at it from an organizational philosophy and say, no, as an organization, we won. You know, when we went to back to back Super Bowls, we went to the playoffs every year. It wasn't yeah. because of the quarterback yeah. who, who made water in the wine. You know what I'm saying? So I think part yeah, of it, they, yeah, they did for, not want to pay him yet again. They didn't want to go through yeah, that contract yeah. dance with him again, where he's going to ask for 45, 50 million dollars or market second setting contract when he's 35 years old at the expense of the rest of the roster. That may be the hubris you're talking about right there. To to to, to quote the rival of the man who we honor today. Forget Jody Allen. Forget John Snyder. Forget Pete Carroll as a staff label as and a staff organization. Label and a crew. <laughs> okay, like no, that, that's, staff, that's no. not Biggie. Okay, that's not Biggie. That's Pac, but that's okay. That quote will like always said, the, man, it will, it will, the rival. The man that we're on the rival. Today. The rival. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> my bad. No my bad. You on it? You on this. it? That was wise on their behalf because again, you don't let great talent walk out the door. Okay, and the only reason and if the only reason that great talent wants to leave is because the management of the organization is not capitalizing on his best years. You've got to go with the once in a generation talent, not three generations past coaching philosophy. That's why it's not a smart move for them. The Seattle Seahawks are going to be in the bottom. They're going to be below Trey Lance. They're going to be below Matt Stafford. They're going to be below Kyler Murray. They are going to be in the absolute dregs. In three years, we're going to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks the same way we used to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's going to be a problem for them. There was no way in which you could say that this is a smart idea. And the other issue, mm. and I, I think it, when you talk about no. compare, what happens with Pete? What happens with Russell? Russell has a chance this year, and this is a rare thing. He has, chance, he, he has a chance this season to do something that only four quarterbacks have ever done, and that is beat every two, two, single two, team. team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, he listen, beats the Seattle Seahawks and, and the Chargers. I would love to see before we make that declaration about what Seattle's going to be like a wasteland, like a Siberia, NFL Siberia. I would love to see what they do. This offseason and with those picks who they get to play quarterback. That's what that's number one. 
Number two, again, I think that the, where we part company, Jason, is the idea. And again, it's I'm, I'm, I, what I'm saying is not a departure from what you've been saying the last two days, or at least the little that you put out on Twitter, is that this was <clears> not <throat> Seattle just deciding unilaterally, no, we're going to do, we're just going to blow this thing up. Like this was a long time coming. This was the inevitable conclusion to a deteriorating relationship, and this was a mutual I'm, I'm preaching the choir here. I know a mutual decision. Yeah. So it's not I'm not saying it was a smart idea in a perfect world. Yes, you keep Russell right. Wilson in a perfect world for the very same reason that we're putting Denver in a contender conversation. That perfect world doesn't exist. So they made the right. best of a bad situation by moving in where he wanted to go and getting enough picks to hit the rebuild to, to, to rebuild this thing quickly. Yeah, and I can't imagine. Ah. I can't imagine Pete Carroll at this stage of his career is really eager or about enthusiastic about rebuilding. Like, is he the man for that for a rebuilding team? I just he's never really done that in his career and he's had a Hall of Fame career, but he's never been that coach who has come in and started from nothing and built him and, and built him up, not rebuilding. Now he has started off with, hey, we have a bad situation and now you come in and bring your thing to it. But now you've gone from a champion to nothing and now Pete bring it back up. We'll see. We'll see. He's never been asked to do it. We don't know if he's able to do it. But let me ask you this, Jason. How far do you want to go back? Because I just want to this is my last thing for you. You start off by saying Pete Carroll has a 1998 offense. Then you went mm -hmm. back to 1992, 1992 <laughs> Tecmo Bowl. Can we get to the eight? Like, what, what, how far are we going to go back? <laughs> <laughs> on the Seattle offense. How, how bad is it? Look, look, it it's, this, this is how bad it is. This is how bad it is. That he is literally operating off of offensive philosophies that are significantly older than some of the oldest players on his team. Okay, that he is operating from an offensive standpoint that doesn't make any sense. That he is operating from a, a, a lens about how football functions. It is not about some smothering defense anymore. Okay, nobody really wins that way. What it is is a defense that gets turnovers and stops explosive plays, which is what you have with the Rams. Did the smothering defense thing? We had the Ravens and we had the Legion of Boom for about two years. That is an old, old, old school. That's that's back in that's 1979. I'll go back that far. My birthday is on Monday. I can go back that far. That's the 1970s where you would have NFL games that were 16 to 13, and that was considered a scoregami, right? That's what Pete Carroll seems to be imagining that he can recreate. But you can't have that in the modern NFL. You can't have that when you have quarterbacks that average 30, 35 touchdowns a game. That's the problem with Pete Carroll. And I'll say this. While I do admit, and Michael, what you were saying before, yes, this is a mutual. I agree it's mutual. you got to have the player. He has to have some kind of agency. But the other issue that I see with this is that even if it was a long time coming, it was completely avoidable. And that's the mistake that they have here. You can have two people who are heading towards divorce for years and years and years. The husband's like, I need more quality time. The wife is like, we need more vacation. Somebody could have stepped in and said, you know what? Yeah. Let's take a vacation. And they didn't do it. It's like, it's like when your woman decided to cheat with me. Don't blame me. Look at her. Like, what did you, what did you do wrong? Like, you, you, you like, like, you know, he had, she had a wandering eye because you weren't taking care of business at home. The one thing exactly. we haven't pointed out about the Broncos, well, and I got one more thing for you, Jason, before we let you go. One thing we haven't pointed out the Broncos, mm -hmm. just as an aside, is they do have a rookie mm -hmm. coach who we have yes. not seen be a head coach. We have seen Nathaniel yes. Hackett work within the Aaron Rodgers ecosystem, but that that's probably the biggest question mark 
uh, of all. Talking about head coach, we're complaining about Pete Carroll. They got a guy that hasn't coached at all as, at the NFL level as a head coach. Uh, that is, I, I have former Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I have my concerns about that. My absolutely legitimate concerns. But what we've seen in these last couple of years with Lafleur, uh, uh, with, with 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 Zach in Cincinnati and everything else like that. Yeah. If you Sean put McVay together a good roster, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of these people are going to be reasonably competent if you put together a good roster. And so if the roster is functional and you have that level of a quarterback, they should be able to be competitive. Look, I'm, I'm, I watched Andy Reid for 14 years, okay, when he was with Philadelphia. I've seen what he does. He can be outcoached, right? I mean, he can be outcoached. I don't know that the coach of, of the San Diego Chargers is a genius. We don't know what's going to be the situation uh, with Las Vegas. So I don't know that there's necessarily a massive coaching advantage. I don't know really who the best coach is in the AFC. It's probably still Bill Belichick, but he doesn't have the talent. I would be much less concerned about the coaching. Talk about the structure is the coaching with the Broncos that I am about perhaps ownership. Like, I don't know if this team faces a shift if they end up getting sold to Robert Smith. I don't know if this team faces a shift if somebody, if Byron Allen comes in and buys them. That's the thing I would think about more than the coaching. Well, the price just went up. All right. Uh, it's been good kick, kicking it with you as always, man. Long time coming. But on the way out, what's it going to take for somebody to buy your loyalty? Like, how, like if somebody <laughs> is like, we need Jason Johnson Pittsburgh to Steelers. rep our brand. Who's your squad? Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, what are you looking, uh, what are you you know looking what? for in a team? What are, you, what are you searching for? What are you well, swiping right looking left, for? As I'm swiping left and right on teams, I need me either a black quarterback or a black coach I will be taking a look at the coaching staff. I mean, as much as I criticize Pat Stafford, I got to get Sean McVay credit. Half of that coaching staff was African-American. He had 21 coaches, half were African-American. I had to give him credit for that. So I'm looking for a black coach, black staff, black quarterback. It's gonna be a process for me. I'm open. Yo, you might have no, You might be you, no, you might be single. You might that's why you might be single for a while. Hey. You gotta lower your standards. You, might, you gotta have hey, all his teeth. Got to have good credit. Can't have no outside kids. Got to have. I mean, like that's just. Got to have a job. Like that's just. That's a lot, man. Got to be six two. That's a lot. Come on. I'm saying. We ain't. You you talking about? Hey, hey, Doc. You talking about? You you looking for a black coach? We ain't talking about the NBA. It's the NFL. You ain't got got many options. You talking about the NFL? You just gonna be agnostic. That that checklist you had. You ain't got no team. Currently, Came for the, the Texas. NFL, we have Texas are out. Depending on how so, so yeah, I don't have many options for a black coach. I may if Come the Steelers on. got themselves a quarterback, I may go to Steelers. It's the Steelers. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, well, this is happening uh, more and more often lately as we wind down the 2021-22 regular season. Giannis getting MVP chance, MVP recognition. Yes, we know other people are favored to win it. He has won it. Uh, he has won it recently. He was a finals MVP and look at this. Yeah, we know the Miami Heat are leading the Eastern Conference and they are followed closely by Philadelphia. But watch out, the Milwaukee Bucks looking dominant once again. This looks like a familiar Bucks team. Zora Stevenson from NBC Sports. Just, go, just, just tell us what we already know. I just want to hear from you. You've got more credibility than both of us. Tell us, please, why the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in basketball. Well, they're the reigning NBA champions. And I said this to you, you're the champs and you're at the top of the throne until someone takes you off. So until further notice and until June, the Bucks are at the top of the league right now. And I think if, if last season was any indication, the standings, and I'm talking one through six here because you definitely don't want to be in that plane, but the standings aren't a huge factor. Uh, when you're going into the playoffs and yes, you want to be playing your best basketball heading into the postseason, And yes, you want to have a good group around you, but that number one seed is not necessarily a guarantee that you're going to make it to the NBA finals. And so the bucks right now are just trying to make sure that they continue to build good habits. They are owners of five wins in a row. Five in a row taking on the Hawks at home tonight. Uh, obviously a very familiar opponent. Uh, let's build on that. Those habits. Uh, you also mentioned playing your best basketball as you're going into the playoffs. What specific areas are they talking about targeting or, or tightening up um, as they come through, come down this stretch run? I think for the Bucks, it's always on the defensive end. I mean, last night in Oklahoma City, you allow that team to score 115 points, and they've had you know some opponents that have scored in the 120s. And yes, they've still gotten wins, but defense is always a focus for this group. How are you going to guard the ball screens? Are you going to play that drop defense? You're going to have Bobby Portis hedge. Are you going to switch? I think, and they've been very open about the fact that when you get into the playoffs. Defense is key, and that's exactly why they added Serge Ibaka, right, for his tenacity at the rim, his ability to rebound. That's why they added Javon Carter when he got waived by the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, this is a guy that's coming in and picking up guards full court, DeAndre Bembry, for that exact reason. So the core is intact here, but it's those other pieces. Wesley Matthews, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo has said, when it is Wesley Matthews and it is Giannis and it is Drew, Chris, and Bobby, he feels like that defensive unit is unstoppable. So uh, down the stretch, it's definitely going to come down to defense. So that's what the Bucks are trying to tighten up right now. They've got prolific scorers. They know they can score. All right. I, I'd imagine the Bucks aren't afraid of anybody. You know, like most competitive athletes, most professional athletes here, you know, we're good. 
and it's about us. It's not about them. So I'd expect the Bucks to say something like that. But you and, and others who are concerned about the Milwaukee Bucks but aren't on the team, if you look around the Eastern Conference, I look at the East first. Is there a team that you say, oh, you know what, Milwaukee, uh, they, they might want to avoid that team or that team is going to give them trouble. It was Miami before last year and they dealt with them. Is it still Brooklyn? Is it a healthy Brooklyn? Because that was that's what a lot of people say. Hey, if Brooklyn had been healthy last year, Milwaukee would have been in trouble. Is that the team that that the Bucks really have to look out for? Well, first, I think my first response is is a fully healthy and intact Brooklyn a reality. It, I just haven't seen it in so long. So I think we're all waiting to see that. But in terms of the Bucks, they, and I, I don't mean to be cliche here, but it's the truth of the matter. They're so focused on themselves. They respect every opponent. They don't think there's any easy cakewalk. And I look at it as someone who appreciates this game. You look up and down the Eastern Conference, like there's not one team that I'm like, oh yeah, the Bucks should want to go after this team in the first round because Chicago. it's a guaranteed win. No, Chicago, no. Cleveland. Come on. No. There's no team that I think is a, is like an easy ride through. Do I think they can beat every team? Yes. But I don't think there's an easy way out here. Let me know if you see something different. I see no I mean you could get that top top and you hope that Brooklyn goes up in the standings and maybe you're like looking at Charlotte, but that like those like I'm looking at some of the play in teams. Yeah. I don't want to play Toronto when we, and, and like even with their personnel, like Nick Nurse always comes up with these defensive schemes. No, there's no one where I'm just like, yeah, the Bucks have have their number. You have to play every opponent straight up. But I think that's the fun of the Eastern Conference right now. I'm not complaining. Mm. Uh, that this MVP race is also fun. Um, Giannis yeah. with 39, seven and seven in 28 minutes last night. Uh, on pace to break his own single season record for player efficiency rating. Uh, although Nikola Jokic is ahead of him on a record setting pace. But as somebody who sees Giannis day in and day out, game in and game out. If Michael and I are casting our hypothetical, mythical, unofficial, make believe MVP vote, tell us something as somebody that's seeing Giannis this season that we should appreciate more than we do from afar. We see the numbers, we watch the games, we watch the highlights, but maybe it's something that we're missing that, we, that he doesn't get attention and recognition for that should factor into this MVP discussion. What is that? His adversity. The analogy I wanna paint and the picture I wanna paint for you all is Giannis in a boxing ring because that's what he has to go up against every night. One, two, three, four defenders literally hitting him sometimes and he has the first move, and then he has a counter to that. And whether that, that move is, the counter move is a quick pass to his teammate in the corner, whether the counter move is those four threes that he knocked down, pull-up threes from Giannis last night against Oklahoma City Thunder, whether it is, okay, I'm not going to be able to take you one-on-one tonight because you're putting the entire team on me, but I'm just going to be that corral, rebounder, put-back guy tonight. Like, Giannis always has a counter and that's why he's always able to impact games no matter what these defenses throw at him. And every single season, like this year, 
the coaches have encouraged him to like slow down and take a picture offensively of the court. And you, you're noticing he's not getting as many charge calls as he was in previous seasons. And that's because he's slowed down. He has more control over his body. So Giannis, every single year, and you could argue every single game, it's like a counter to the counter move. And I think that needs to go into consideration when you're talking about his greatness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears. The last question I have for you. And, and I'll just set you up and you take it from there. I love the tweet you had yesterday and I had it in my feed International Women's Day. I wanted to give a shout out to the women in my life and you said uh, you, you tweeted. Hey, I asked my mom if she's celebrating International Women's Day and paraphrasing your mom said, hey, I, I celebrate women every day. I'm a feminist. Uh, I love that. I love that uh, answer and you uh, talked about the shout out to the boss women in your life. Let's hear about it. Let's hear about some of the boss women who have uh, led you to this position. Yeah, it's all the people that are close to me, my friends, my family, first and foremost, my mother who showed me what it's like to have a full-time job and still be an amazing mother and your number one cheerleader and, and running from, you know, work and, and meeting you at all your basketball games and all the different activities you have. Like she can, she showed me that you can have it all and you can still take time for yourself. And that's a hundred percent. Okay. And then we go into the professional space. There's so many women um, in this business that have been mentors to me and poured into me. And some days I wonder like, why are you being so nice to me? And what people always tell me is Zora, I don't want anything from you, but to continue to pay it forward. So I believed in lift as you climb. And I'm just so proud of all the women that I know um, and all the women that are around me because we're all doing amazing things. All right, Zora, Zora. And you know what? Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate that. And you know, you know, somebody out there considers you as a mentor. So don't be saying the same thing about you uh, in, in five years, 10 years, 15 years. That's that's what's, that's what it's about. Hey, we appreciate your basketball insight. Thank you. Uh, your worldly insight. And uh, maybe we'll catch up during the NBA Finals when the Bucks uh, take on the Suns again. Let's do it. The Bucks will be there. <laughs> All right. All right, Zora. Appreciate you. Yesterday, um, we were talking about Jokic and Embiid uh, coming off ridiculous performances. Um, And in fact, I didn't realize this, but Jokic's last game when he put up uh, 46, 12, 11, 3, and 4 um, was the first 40, 10, 10, 3, 3 game in NBA history. The one and only. Um, So, Yesterday, we were talking about this MVP race. I remember saying to, I think it was uh, David Gardner, I was like, yeah. you know, it's a two-man race. This is this two-man race between the two centers, two traditional centers. I know Giannis plays a lot of center, but two-man race between the two centers. If you had to pick one right now, who would it be? And David was like, yeah, for me, it's down to Jokic and Embiid, and I would probably pick, I think he said Jokic. Um, and then Giannis goes out and has the aforementioned 39, 7, and 7 in 28 minutes last night. Giannis is having a brilliant season, uh, an historic season, as I referenced. So, shame on me for saying it's a two-man race and disrespecting Giannis. So then I gave a lot of thought to it today, and I said, you know what? I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Not by saying it was a two-man race instead of a three-man race. Michael, the truth is it's a one-man race. This MVP race is not much of a race when you really, really think about it. 
when you really, really okay. look at it, it's not much of a race because there Why can not? only be one. Unfortunately, Giannis is fantastic. He's fabulous. Reigning finals MVP, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. One yeah. could argue, and I, I believe you have, that Giannis is the rightful owner of the best player in the world title, given what he did yep, on that right final now. stage, yep. dropping that 50-piece in game six, right? So and that's what that. he's done this year. Joel, yeah. yep, yep. Joel Embiid, phenomenal player, deserving of, of, of the MVP conversation, deserves to be at the forefront of the MVP conversation. One of the most versatile and dominant big men we've seen in recent memory. He's incredible at both ends, carrying the Sixers. Mm -hmm. yep. But unfortunately, like a lot of people who played in the era of other great players, you just happen to be playing at the wrong time because I know what the odds are, but that's not the numbers I'm focused on. Okay, mm. I, I will say I, I will repeat what I said for those who may have missed it or I'll repeat it for the cheap seats. You would have to be crazy to look at what Nikola Jokic is doing this season and not easily without hesitation, without losing sleep, without second guessing yourself. Put him in as your MVP for the second straight season. The only reason you would not give Nikola Jokic MVP this year is because you already have Jokic fatigue after one year, or because you think it should transfer from player to player year to year, or you didn't like that Jokic for whatever reason won it last year that you reluctantly gave it to him last year. That is the only reason why you would not name MVP a guy. I'm just gonna rattle it off again, Michael, because it's fun. Player efficiency rating, Jokic. Win shares, Jokic. Offensive win shares, Jokic. Defensive win shares, Jokic. Win shares for 48 minutes, Jokic. Box plus minus, Jokic. Offensive blocks plus box plus minus, Jokic. Defensive block box plus minus, Jokic. Value over replacement player, Jokic. Like by any measure, and he's on pace to have the greatest player efficiency rating in NBA history. By any measure. He is the most valuable player. And when you look at the fact that the Nuggets completely fall off a cliff when he's off the court, people yeah. talk about, oh, they're a six seed or whatever seed they are. The records, if you want to compare the records to, uh, to the rest of the Similar. MVP. Exactly. The Nuggets in yeah. the Western Conference are 39 and 26. Philadelphia is 40 and 24. Milwaukee's 41 and 25. So it's a great race. This box score battle that these three guys are having night in and night out is phenomenal to watch. They're one, two, and three. They should be one, two, and three on almost every ballot. But if Jokic is not your one, you got to explain to me what I'm missing. And please don't give me the eye test. Because if you, if you tell me that yeah, okay. somebody else passes the eye test over Nikola Jokic, then that just means you're not fixing your eyes and watching Nikola Jokic. That's all that means if you, well, if you don't go with the eye test. Well, well, I think the eye test is should be a factor. You said by any measure that is a measure. Now, maybe it's not a scientific measure. It's not as scientific as the as the uh, statistical arguments and those categories that you put there. It, it so, probably I, so will I be it probably and I, and I don't mean this facetiously and I don't mean this argumentatively. I'm actually curious like, you know, what does eye test mean in this context? No, I'm not arguing. What I'm saying is it's there. It is a measure. You said by any measure. I'm just just pointing no, but out. I, that's that what, but it I, but I wonder what but, but, but what how do you I don't even know what the eye test is necessarily. Is that just a hunch? Is that just a gut feeling? 
Is that no, you like the narrative? What, what, what does the eye test? No, I'm, I'm legitimately because, asking. Because that's what, a storyline. Because the narrative that so now you're going away from no, the I eye know. Test. Now you're going to but the, the, but to the script no, thing. No, I, intention, but I, no, I intentionally say, did that because I, your narrative can inform your perspective. So if you think that without Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid should have gotten it last year, but he was but he got hurt, so he got robbed last year. And look at what he does at both ends, even though Nikola Jokic is by a hair second in defensive win shares to Jason Tatum. Well, if you if you want if no. that's your narrative, then you're gonna be inclined to look at Joel Embiid with the eyes and think he's the MVP. So that's why I asked, what does eye test mean? If you're saying you know that the I Bucks are better than the Heat. You could say the eye test because watching them, you think they're better. I'm asking how you could watch these three players and say that somebody has the edge in the so-called eye test. That's what I'm well, legitimately wondering it. how that's a measure. Let me attempt it because this is why I'm here. I'm here because I sense correctly that you're looking for somebody to argue with. No, I'm, so not. I'm not. Ar- no, I'm not. No, 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 I said I said, Michael, you hear me. I said I'm not asking this to be argumentative. I, I, when you I, said no, no, I test no, is no, a measure. That, I just want no, to no, know what that was. No, no, no. I'm talking about before that before you even said that like this. This is something that you're passionate about and you are you don't understand how anybody could pick yo. Uh, it, it, you don't understand how anybody could pick somebody other than Jokic, right? You just don't understand what they're seeing. That's and that, true, that's, that really, and that, but that doesn't mean I need to argue because I don't think there's much of an argument is my point. Well, I will say this. Here's here's the uh, here's the other here's the other option. What would somebody be looking at? It would be somebody it would be akin to uh, or very similar to what we had before advanced stats. There wasn't always a player efficiency. It was there. We just didn't we didn't have the language for it. There was player efficiency rating. Uh, there was uh, win shares and all this stuff, but nobody talked like that in the 1980s. So let's say take it back to the 1980s and how do they pick MVPs in? So that's that that is is that a legitimate measure? So somebody is looking at it that way. They're ignoring all the mountains of information that are overwhelming in favor of Jokic. I'm just providing another tool. So ignore that. And you look at the player, you look at Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson versus Julius Irving, and you look at points per game, and you look at how they affect their teammates, and how they affect the game, and how many games they win, and then you make your decision. I think if you do it that way, maybe you come up with somebody else. That's the only thing. I think I agree with you. I think it's Jokic. I think Jokic, based on what we've seen, based on what he did last year, Based on what he, how he's improved on that this year, he's improved. The MVP from last year has improved this year. Based on that, he should get it. But I can imagine that there are, it's always like this with voters. It won't be unanimous. You never, it won't be unanimous. You never, know, you never know what a voter is looking at. Maybe a voter looks at it and says, hey, I don't like where they're seated in the Western Conference. I like the way Joel Embiid plays the game and how the offense runs through him and how his teammates respond to him, whatever it is. I like the style better. Sometimes it's style. Let's face it. I, I think a lot sometimes of people it's, sometimes are, it's point, aesthetics. I think some people at this point are going to they won't admit to it, but they're going to put three names in a hat and pick one out. If they keep if, if these three guys keep this up, I think a lot of people are going to struggle and in, and the more I thought about it and again, I'm repeating a lot of what I said weeks ago. I'm like, no, I think we're overthinking it. I think I think it's obvious. It's almost like what Zora was saying. Almost. 
almost like what Zoro was saying about the Bucks. You know, best team until further notice as the reigning champs. It's not right. that simple, but I understand the sentiment. Likewise, understand the sentiment of what I'm saying. Nikola Jokic is still the MVP until further notice. That doesn't mean that one carries over to the next year, but he was the best player in the league last year during the regular season, and he's only gotten better. That dude typically doesn't lose MVP unless you know what I mean. Like he, don't, nobody's playing yeah. better than him. If nobody's playing better than him and he's already proved his legitimacy by being MVP and he's carrying the team once again and in any box you need like, okay, is he overcoming adversity? Are there people missing on his roster due to injury? It, you know, all of us there is this team, you know, significantly worse when he's on the bench. All of that. All that's there for you and his individual numbers. It's like what legitimate argument can you make against him unless you just really want to give it to Giannis for a third time or Embiid for a first time and Here's some people one. just want to give it to somebody new. Yeah, and, and I, I don't understand that I man. If, if you if you've got if somebody is really having this kind of season, this is a great season from Jokic uh, better than it was better season this year than last year. But here's another argument. Another argument. Do you believe uh, Jokic has enough to carry his team to a championship? So that that's not really now scientific. or that's if they just, come that's opinion right now right now. Can he with his no, greatness? Not, does he no, have the not ability without, not without Murray or, or Porter? No. And, he, and even and even if they were healthy, I'm not sure I would pick them in and, the Western Conference. I think they'd be dangerous, per, you know, and sometimes that's what an MVP. Sometimes I get you MVP consideration. If you can oh, okay. take a team and, and drag it to the NBA finals or drag it to the NBA finals and win it. So if you take if if but then it's a regular season award. I know it's a regular season, but if award, you can yeah. or if you can take a team to the top of the conference. Yeah, well, you don't feel like and and the the voters feel like your supporting cast is not as talented as one of your competitors yet. You got more out of your limited supporting cast than and your that competitor could be, did. That could end up being the tiebreaker if the Sixers are higher and that's, standings and that's all fairly unfair that could be the tiebreaker. We're definitely I, think splitting hairs it, I, I think it's fair to say it this way. Objectively, objectively, there's no other argument. Mm -hmm. Subjectively, who knows? Yes. If you, oh, if, you if you bring That's in exactly a, right. if you bring in a if you bring in a dose of subjectivity, yeah. All right, this thing might be a photo finish. And by the way, I, I want to say this uh, last thing uh, on this it, that's kind of adjacent to this. Uh, and fellas, we can bring up that Denver Post headline. I, I, it just really, I figured out going back to our conversation like in the first uh, hour a different post headline that we just had on Jokic and the quote was he's just different I understand why that triggered me that says nothing I just I, it just bothers me like you know you got what you, you got a lot of pet peeves a first sense slang though 2000 That's slang 2016 2017 like that like you hate those or anniversaries this is the eighth anniversary of something that, that those things trigger you like that. He's just different. I'm looking for. Okay, if, that, if I got a headline and I got questions about the headline, it's not good enough for me. He's just different. What does that mean? At the end of the day, it's just like one of those cliches. It's just like, okay, what do we say? So he's just different. Different doesn't do it for me. I need 
I need a picture. I need a word picture. So different doesn't do it for me. So that's why I responded that way earlier. This reminded me of the first block, of the first hour. Just in case you wonder. I wasn't. Uh, and that's also completely different context, but okay. Yes. Speaking of headlines. I, it's a tri that's, triggers are. Triggers are different. You're triggered by things that other no, people look no, at and say, no, why'd no, that trigger No, me? no, no, that's not, no. I said somebody's job was different. That's different from saying, yes. that's different from saying he's just different, which is a compliment to say he's a different breed. That's to, okay, I'll leave that, I'll leave that there. I know you you want to be triggered by something though? I got something for you to be triggered by. Yes. Headline, NBA executive, Grizzlies' Ja Morant, not quite as good as public perception. Remember what I was saying earlier about yeah. like, we could be GMs? Sometimes I'd be sitting around yeah. saying to myself like, man, you know, I wish I had the knowledge that these people got. They don't be knowing nothing. Like they just, they, 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 so many people, I tell, I tell people all the time, just because somebody got a job don't mean they're good at it. So this is an executive that uh, Tim Bontong, these parts of Bontong or Bonteps, but uh, anyway, um, he uh, polled uh, a survey of 15 scouts and executives, and they ranked John 15, Moran as the okay. second most desirable young point guard to build a team around behind Luka Doncic. This was the quote. Okay. It's weird to say this, but I don't think Morant is, as, is quite as good as his public perception. If you put Shea mm -hmm. Gildress Alexander, who I love, by the way, uh, on that Memphis team, he could potentially be doing a lot of the same things. It's like, maybe, maybe not. I know Memphis was good when Ja was hurt, but why would somebody think that Ja Morant, in a word, I mean, if you want to narrow that down to a word, overrated. Not quite as good as public perception. As public perception. Like, what are you watching? Well, Bro, what are you watching? I guess, yeah, but then, but, okay, what's the public perception? That he's uh, an MVP is, in the making, that he could be on an MVP ballot, that he is a superstar, that he, he's a potentially a transcendent player. That's the public perception. Somebody, okay. a, an NBA executive, I would yeah. love to know at what level, because I, I would love to find out who it is and be like, you are, we no longer require your services here. Well, if you think John Morant ain't as good as his public perception. The large, I, I, and I ain't even really here to debate John Morant. I'm just saying there are people at high levels in every walk of life who don't know what the hell they're talking about. And add this anonymous executive suggesting that he's a product of the system. I just, wow. that, that, yeah, you that's about that grind your gears, that grinded my that's gears. And tough. I said it, I'm like, wow, this person's employed by an NBA team saying that John Morant yeah. is just lucky to be in Memphis. So anyway, yeah, that I, was all. That was well, all. But, I, I wanted to bookmark it with that, or see, not bookmark it, it book end you know, it with that. Scouts, scouts and executives, and you don't know. This is a first year scout, <laughs> and you know sometimes, and, and, uh, and this happens in football at least. Sometimes, the the first and second year scouts are tougher on players than the veterans, than the yeah. veteran scouts because they're just trying to, they're trying to prove themselves. And they hate everybody <laughs> because they're, they're just they're judging against perfection as opposed to knowing that every player has a little something, a little a little area where they are weak or area they can work on. So sometimes those younger scouts are unreasonable. Maybe that's what happens. Talking to some young scouts. Now. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. As a professional in this, in this game, I just feel like, you know, we're put in positions where we have to respond. And obviously, I didn't play my best game in Boston. Um, you know, I was uh, quoted the other day just saying it was really emotional. And just every time I step foot in there, it just is what it is. I'm human. So, uh, you know, going back, I know we'll see Boston again. But tonight, we just wanted to have a fresh start. And I know that <clears throat> me coming out playing aggressive, it, it sparks energy in our team. And uh, just makes everyone else's job a lot easier. And, um, you know, it felt good tonight, too, just to do it in the flow of the game. It was really forced. I wasn't trying to go out there and get 50. It just ended up happening, and the energy in the flow of the game allowed it to happen. And uh, it was mixed, mixed for some special team wins. I've been saying it. It's pure. Everything he does is pure. You know, it looks so easy tonight. I look up, he got 10 points, and it felt like he only took two shots, you know, the first quarter. And I told Seth, I'm like, damn, I didn't know he had, he had it cooking like that. And he, I seen it in his eyes to start the game. You know, he was, uh, he wanted to play better last game. Uh, you know, so he came out here tonight and um, wanted to impact the game from the start. And he led us all night, hit big shots when we needed to. And it was just an incredible, incredible performance. Like, it's something you got to, like, younger players should watch this game and learn what it takes to score at that level from, at a five, as 5'10", five, 5'11". Uh, for him to score that easy, I mean, I was just a master. Kyrie Irving and Michael Jordan are the only guards. Yeah, you laughing. I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do your thing. I, 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 I'm waiting. I was waiting for this. Kyrie Irving and Michael Jordan are the only guards in NBA history with multiple games of 50 points on 75% shooting from the field. 59 out of 19. 9 out of 12 from 3, 11 out of 13 from the line last night. Um, yesterday, Michael, you called Kyrie Irving, or two days ago, I don't remember when it was, you called Kyrie Irving an a-hole after his uh, game in Boston. Um, he probably, he probably, he probably, he was a different kind of a-hole last night. He probably, he was a different kind of a-hole last night. Go ahead, you laughing, you got a smirk on your face. Go no, ahead. I'm laughing. What you, you say? No, the only reason I'm laughing is because uh, actually I thought it was a funny joke from Kevin Durant. He said at 5'10", 5'11", what he's able to do. So <laughs> I just like the uh, oh, okay. the little shade from Durant. You know, we know Kyrie 
listed at 6'3", I believe. And let's say he's not 6'3", he's at least 6'3". He ain't 5'10", 5'11". But uh, great, great performance from Kyrie. I just wonder, after you see this, and you mentioned those, those numbers, how he, how he and Jordan are in a very small class and what we know about Durant, I just wonder if you just want to think more about that statement about Embiid and Harden. Because when this thing, when this thing is right, it's scary. That's why I, that's why I said to, uh, did I say to Ashley Nicole Moss? I said the rest of the league is just really nervous about Brooklyn. I, like, I check it every day. I check the Brooklyn standings every day because honestly, honestly, I'm not there yet. I'm not so cleaning up my act that I suddenly want Brooklyn to win. I don't want them to win. So I definitely they're, they're want them to be in the play. But hey, you're fascinated. Oh, oh they're scary. It. Yeah. Oh, they're no, you're scary. Yeah. You they don't scare me. Too. You do not. Uh, they, they, they should scare, scare everybody. They, you, they should scare, scare everybody. You do and not so want to see those And so based on my two. math, I'm not great at math. I think they're five and a half. Are they five and a half out of the six spot? Put up the Eastern Conference stands again. Out of the six I, spot, I at they are five. Yes, yeah. they're five and a half. That is correct. They're is it five, five and a half, half out of the six okay. spot? So five and a half five out of the half six with, spot, and they are with four sixteen to go. And a half. Yeah, the sixteen games. And they're uh, right. Okay. Yep. So and they got a. They got a, They're four games. They have four wins better than Washington and one loss. Worse than Washington. So that's two and a half games, right? Yeah, five. Two and a half games. Yeah. Uh, ahead, oh, they, of, look, uh, ahead look. of Washington. I don't see any scenario where they don't make the play. They they're gonna make the play. Yeah, they're they're safe. They're, they should be safe in the play. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking the other way because if they make it out of if they make it, Cleveland, watch out. Okay, everybody else, Cleveland, Boston, because it this sounds ridiculous, Mike. I wouldn't put it past them if they have if they hit things right. Do you think see a conference finals run? You see a conference well, finals run? Maybe? The rest of the Could you see them winning 12 of their last 16? I could. 13 of their final 16? I could. I mean, so with Durant? With Durant? Yes, I can. Well, I mean, but and they so, just I mean, wait, but well, but let's not, but listen. This it was a great performance last night. And, you know, obviously that's all we could react to. And that's like I said, this headline from the post. That's why I was like, when do we get to a point where you had to have three superstars? Like, I know, you know, there's a bunch of big threes, but usually two superstars is enough to put you in championship yeah. contention. So that's why everybody's so fascinated about what they could be if they get a Simmons and if they integrate him uh, into, into the rest of the team. All, all I know is it was just Sunday when cameras caught Kevin Durant shaking his head and Jason Tatum was lighting him up. So... You know, and it, it, they that win last night against the Hornets ended a four-game losing streak. So I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not expecting the Nets to run the table or to start stacking wins the rest of the season, given their inconsistency in general, the fact that they still don't have Kyrie, but half the time, and their defensive issues. But once they get to the playoffs, I'm with you, is that you ain't trying to see those two dudes who either of which no. on any given night can go no. nuclear. And once they no get to the playoffs, that. and it's like first to four. That's a problem. All right. You can't ask Kyrie Irving this question for obvious reasons. You can't ask him because who knows what he, he he's, he's not going to give you a real answer. He won't give you a real answer. But I'm going to ask you. 
just as uh, an observer, a basketball observer, not a Nets fan, but a fan of the game, do you think that there will be any, um, you think there will be any regret that this season, if they wind up in the play-in and and they uh, they lose in the play-in round for some reason, they just no. don't they don't get out of the play-in round. Do there will be any regret about what could have been? Because forget about Harden. Harden's on a part gone, of, on a part of Kyrie. Yeah. If no. if they don't if they don't get out of the first round, which is possible if they match up with yeah. you know, Miami or Philly, or uh-huh. if if they don't if they don't get out of the playing tournament, knowing what right. they could have been. See that that's the one and thing. He's not playing at home, I, Mike. Yeah. You asked your own question. You asked your own question. If what, if, if Kyrie you, were going to regret it, he won't it, say it. He won't no, say it. If he if he were going to regret it, he'd have got the shot. Like, there's no reason to regret it. Like, there was an opportunity to avoid this conversation altogether. Like, th- this possibility exist- has existed all along that his part-time status could compromise them. It may have already caused him We didn't him think James it would Harden. get this. We didn't think it, no, it would take them down we didn't because we're wired differently. No, round. No, no we're different because we're... Yeah. Durant out, was it 21 games? It yeah. It was like well, 5 yeah, and 16, that, right? Yeah. Okay, so we didn't see that one coming. I thought... And we didn't see the trade. I feel coming. like they're like six and I eleven never... when Kyrie plays or something. Yeah, no, I mean we didn't, we didn't think they know, would struggle this much to stay above water. You know, but he's not going to regret it. How I feel about the Brooklyn Nets, but even I never envisioned that at the beginning, the, the first week of March, roughly, that we'd be talking about the Brooklyn Nets at five hundred and trying to get out of the play-in punishment. <laughs> I, yeah, I just no, I didn't we, we I didn't not... see that. The betting favorite in Eastern Conference, none, none of us anticipated that. Hey, um, I ha- there's one more headline. We'll save it for tomorrow. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out on the way out, bring yep. the show full yep. circle because uh, okay. this is where we started the show. We'll end it here. We'll pick this up tomorrow. Um, according to the Athletic, Zach Kiefer, the Colts were frustrated with Carson Wentz's quote lack of leadership, resistance to mm. hard coaching and reckless Mm. style of play. Some members of the organization, quote unquote, were finished with him even before Indianapolis ended the regular season with consecutive losses and missed the playoffs. So I was just saying earlier that people think he's a nice guy. Other people think uh, he lacks intangibles. Um, So he's Washington's issue now, and I still have not wrapped my mind around how a guy that, okay, they didn't want, you knew he wasn't going to be there, how in the world ski mask ransom note far from handsome. Okay, but damn I took okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like how did they how there did they is. rob them yeah. for these picks? Yeah, and the salary. Come on now. Hey, I want some I want some off the record some whispers who made the trade who ordered the code red who who ordered who ordered code Carson who on Washington said, okay, we got to go get him. Is this you, Mayhew? Is it Riverboat Ron? You want to talk about reckless gambler? Hey, Is hey it Michael, Riverboat Ron? Hey, Michael. Washington, they just different. They just different in Washington. They just different. Okay. I understand that context. I get it. <laughs> 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.